On this week's show, a new man in the dugout at Welling. We hear from new boss Warren Feeney. I think we've just got to get our heads down and go and think nine games and try and win as many games as possible. They hit nine to keep their promotion push going. Beckenham assistant coach Phil Wilson gives us his thoughts on how things are going for the club this season. It's been something that's been building for a while and I think that's really built into the mentality of issue that everyone wants to kind of make up for, for not being able to do it that year. And looking good for a playoff spot. Humber manager Ben Smith is in bullish mood ahead of the running. On paper, we've probably got the easiest run it, running out of the run. But when you come to this stage of season, you, you probably want to play the teams that are mid-table and Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. Uh, Quite a week up and down the pyramid for our clubs and as you've already heard, we've got three cracking interviews lined up for you. I'm John Phipps and I'm adamant that my tweet to my 749 followers played a big part in Twitter ditching their latest awful iPhone update and on the line now is a man whose biggest challenge during this podcast will be staying awake. It's Matt Gerrard, how are you mate? Not bad, honestly, mate. Normally, I am well ensconced in my bed, cuddled up, asleep. So you've done well to keep me going at this rate. But I've um, just had a pint, which I don't normally do on a Wednesday night as oh, well, crikey. to keep me alive. So uh, I'll be uh, fun, Bobby from Friends at the moment. Happy Matthew. Oh, uh, oh, I'm more worried now that you've had a drink because you know sometimes this is bad enough when we're sober. Yeah. So yeah, just just a, a, a can of John Smiths. Living the dream. Day. I have. That shows what I am really like, and a can of John Smiths. Uh, so yeah, so, so I'm yeah, I'm probably wide awake. So uh, when this is finished, probably in about forty minutes, I'll probably be wide awake. So from that, so yeah, and I shouldn't Absolutely be good school night, should I? Really? No, you shouldn't. But uh, you know, it's, uh, it's it's each their own. That's the way I roll, mate. You see, these late nights that I have at ten o'clock. <laughs> You absolute rebel. I suppose it's a once in a year opportunity. So, exactly, yeah, you know, exactly. make the most of it. Everything else right down on the uh, on the Isle of Thanet? Yeah, uh, yeah, everything's cool, really. Uh, I'm just, just thinking there's nothing really exciting happening. So it's getting a bit, whether we've got our car was full of sand to say, or, you know, as in the, the Sahara cloud. When I got into my car after work, I had to, it, my windscreen was like Broadstairs Beach. It was so covered in sand. So I don't know if you've had that where you are. Uh, yeah, I think there was a little bit on my car, actually. I went to my car this morning and it was absolutely covered in this oh. in stuff. Now, I, I, I sprayed the windscreen and it was a bit ready. So, yeah, I think the, yeah, yeah, the Sahara sure. sand has reached us, too. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, so that was the exciting part. So apart from that, anything uh, happening? No, not really. No, no. I'm ready for the relegation party at the weekend and then we'll go from there. Lovely. Well, it's our 207th episode this week, and once I'd waded through more stuff about Bloody Peugeot, uh, I discovered that it's a Wedderburn Etherington number, apparently. But I also found the Uniball Signo 207, UMN 207. So there's two references to 207 there. And it is, I quote, a retractable rollerball which helps you create perfectly smooth handwriting with Uniball water-resistant, fade-resistant and tamper-proof super ink. The pen also features a rubber grip for comfort. That's an awful lot of words for a pen, isn't it? I don't know about you, Bob, but my handwriting's gone right down. You don't need to bother with that most of the time these days, do you? No, but I've always kept telling the kids they should write A in a straight line because they can't seem to do that if they don't have line paper. So you don't do much. Yeah, don't do much writing. Also, you've mentioned Peugeot three times in a row. Why do they use 205, 206, 207? Is there 208 as well? Probably is, I expect. 
Any reason? I think so they've got some three hundreds and four hundreds as well, haven't they? So you know, in a hundred episodes' time, in like five years, we'll be talking about bloody Peugeot again. Yeah, I think there's a two. There must be a Peugeot two hundred eight. So I'm sure there is. Yeah, well, I'll find out next week. But yeah, so, mate, I'm, I'm, find I'm, out about more about Peugeot and their numbering system. That's your job for you next week. Uh, well, why don't you do the homework on that one for us? Uh, well, well I, I'm just telling you. I, I'm crazy, mate. I've had a pint. I'm, I'm being useless. <laughs> Telling you what to do here for a minute, but that's what I want oh. to know. Yeah, if you've had a, I've had, we had this conversation. I've had a Peugeot. Yeah, yes, it's we did have that conversation two weeks ago. We'll get onto that one when we have that in ninety-nine episodes time about my Peugeot. Crikey, lovely. Right, let's get on with the show then. And let's start with the manager will change at Welling, where Peter Taylor's ultimately unsuccessful reign came to an end after their 1-1 draw at home to Bath City on Saturday. Now, they wasted little time in bringing in a new manager and the new man was straight into the dugout on Tuesday night as well. But former Northern Ireland striker Warren Feeney was only able to see his new charges fall to defeat at Hampton Richmond Borough, leading just a point ahead of bottom place Billericay. I spoke to the new wings boss on Wednesday to get the lowdown on that game and his hopes for the rest of the season. In with no training session and you know meeting the boys, but I think we still should have got something out of the game. You know, you're looking at it with the goals we conceded, and for me, they're, they're undefendable. Um, I'm not hanging anyone out to dry, but at the end of the day, they're they're two mistakes and two set plays. And you know, the first one for me, you, you know, we called it on the sideline, and then the second one that done with the same thing. It's just. Uh, it's just very, very poor. It's a big mistake, and it's cost us a game. Do you, have you come into Welling and, and seen a team that's low on confidence? I think I think it is. You know, you just have to look at the goals we've conceded. Um, I think it's sixty-seven, and um, sixty-seven goals, and you're looking at the confidence and the belief of the players and what I've watched, and it's just about getting them up and getting them for the games on Saturday. How hard is it to come in at, at this stage of the season into a relegation battle? Listen, it's hard. It's hard, but at the end of the day, you know what I mean. There's still enough games to be uh, to be played to help. Look, it's about getting their spirits up and getting them ready, and um, giving them a chance. And as I said, look, I thought they worked very hard for a team that's uh, that was struggling at the bottom end of the table. Um, but you know, we've just got to keep going and dust them down, and uh, hopefully get the right results. A, a training on, on Thursday, so I guess that'll be a good chance for you to sort of, you know, get to know things a little bit more and, and get ready for the game against Chelmsford on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Training will be on Thursday. It'll be obviously, you know, it's the only one day before the game has got, but it'll all go through a wee scenarios with them and take wee pictures for them and, uh, as I say, try and uh, try and put my own, my own ideas across. But, you know, before we are at this moment, I think we've just got to get our heads down and go and think nine games and, and try and win as many games as possible. What was the, uh, the the draw for you to come to Welling? Because you, you've not really been around this area of the country before, have you? No, I haven't. But, you know, football's football. I'm not scared of a challenge. You know, I went to Bulgaria. Um, and people probably raised their, their eyebrows, but I went to Bulgaria and won a championship. I brought it done up my way. Don't get me wrong. It's, it took a little bit of time, but I got the right, the right people in. Um, and I went over there. I had to fight battles with the culture, the training methods, the language. And I thought, well, well, and I said, look, they're fighting, they're not fighting at the top end of the table, they're fighting at the bottom end, so um, I'm going to have a go at this, so I still believe it will be okay. I think only having that one relegation place does does make things a lot clearer for everybody, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, I think so, but it's, you know, it's momentum you need, and it is difficult when, when you haven't won a lot of games in a season, you know, but you need to go on runs, but as I say, it's it's getting the belief, getting the confidence, and it's something we've got to do with them, um, get it into them and realise that, you know, you've you've nine 
you've nine games to try and uh, put this right. I've every belief the players will. Looking at those nine games you've got, you've got some teams right at the top, some teams in and around where you are. Do, do, is it going to be just a case of taking each game as it comes and just trying to win them all? I think so, you know. Sometimes it's better when you're playing the teams at the top because, you know, for players, there is a game which, you know, it is it is difficult. Um, and I don't know why because, you know, I've been a professional environment most of my life. Um, but, you know, let's say we take one game at a time. You know, if they give me the confidence and and uh, how hard they worked uh, last night, you know, I think we'll be okay. We just need those wee... Those we finish in ages to it, and uh, you know, we'll give ourselves a chance. And you said about when you went to Bulgaria, you did it your way. What's the Warren Feeney way? What can we expect to see from your Welling United team? All, all I want is hard work. That's all I asked for. You know, I was like that as a player. Uh, if you give me a hundred percent for ninety minutes, I'm sure we'll win more games above all. And just finally, looking forward to Saturday and, and being at home in front of the Welling fans for the first time. Yeah, definitely. You know, I said earlier in a, an interview that we need everyone together, and that's a community, the fans, as a club. You know, it's um, it's it's a home game, and you know, with all what's going on with COVID and, and people not, you know, we need everyone's support. Now, get behind the team, and hopefully, we can get three points. Well, first of all, thanks to Nigel from Radio Wings for facilitating that interview for us. And of course, thanks to Warren for his time. He, he seems pretty confident that he can get them out of this funk, Matt. And, and since I spoke to him, as you've probably already seen, the squad changes have already begun at Welling. I, I think it's a good appointment. Um, I, I think he's managed, he managed, is it Crawley? He's, been, he's managed in the league. He had a good career. Bulgaria, I like it. He went sort of outside his comfort zone and um, taken the challenge on. It's, it's a big challenge at Welling, with results going their way, I think if if everybody run their won their game before the end of the season, they would be going down, which is absolutely crazy. With only one going down, I think they're in a good position. That, as we mentioned in that interview, that only one going down because they will be in all sorts of problems if the standard four were going down. Um, a good appointment, because um, we've said before, you know, we've been critical of people going towards the same one. I, mean, Andy, I remember Andy Woodman a year ago, we were saying, Andy Woodman, why has he got this job? But, you know, clearly what he's done a job there. And I'm sure Warren Feeney, who knows what he's doing, is going to go in there, work with the players and see where they go. I feel a bit sorry for Peter Taylor because when I saw them against Dartford, I thought they were quite good. And he is working with a very young team. But she's the, you know, the worrying infrastructure for Welling United. How many managers have since COVID, they've gone through some managers, haven't they? Certain clubs have kept them when they maybe shouldn't have done. Welling, have they had four, five managers in the in the two year period of COVID? Well, they've had Quinton, haven't they? Uh, yeah. Lovell, uh, Taylor, now Feeney, and and yeah, I, I see exactly what you're saying there. And I, I did think it was a little bit of a, a left field appointment at first, but then having spoken to him and having thought about it a little bit more, I actually think it's a really good appointment. And and the experience that he had in Bulgaria kind of rings true with what he's going to do here because he's going in, he doesn't really know what, what he's going into, he doesn't know what what the players are, but he had great success in Bulgaria, win, winning the league, the second division in Bulgaria with that team that he had out there, despite the language barrier and all the difficulties that that brought with it. So I don't see any reason why he can't come in and get them singing off the same hymn sheet pretty quickly. Uh, it's important that they do do that to, to get going. And, and again, you know, what you said there about not going for the same old thing. He's going to bring in his own players as well and, and different different faces, different names. And, and I think it's, I actually think it's an exciting appointment for Welling, but it's only an exciting appointment if the next nine games go the way that he really needs them to. Yeah, maybe, notice the service of Welling, if he does a job at Welling, 
um, other clubs will look at him. He'll stay until the end of the season and maybe won't want to stay, might want to stay at Welling. But if he does a job, other clubs may look at him. But yeah, I think it's it's a it's a good a good appointment. Pre- previously, clearly they've gone with people who've known this level. They've gone about for that. But if you're a football person, you know what you're doing. I'm sure he's just going in there to improve players. I saw two players have gone, haven't they? Is it more than two gone? Well, the skipper went, didn't he? Dorajai, yeah. he went. I quite liked uh, him. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, a lot of outpouring of of emotion about his departure. They had some debutants last night as well. So, you know, it is going to be a, a new brush. And it's very similar to the conversation we had about Harry Hudson last week. Bringing in new players and trying to build a new team at this time of season, it is going to be hard. And I understand that he hadn't really had much to do with the players before the game on Tuesday night. So training tomorrow is going to be a, a, a massive start for them. And I think it's just going to be right. We've got to hit the ground running because it's a big game. Uh, on Saturday against Chelmsford. The Chelmsford side who've lost their last five games in a row. And they're not out of this relegation picture at all, Chelmsford City. And if Welling can get a, a win on Saturday, that'll be a massive win for them. But it'll also drag Chelmsford City into it even more. Yeah, yeah. Look at the league table. There's some some of these clubs. We mentioned earlier, we thought maybe a few weeks ago, we thought, oh, Billericke and Braintree were going down. But Billericke uh, have won three out of the last five, two on the spin. And that really brought the other teams back into play here. So it's a big game against Chelmsford. Hopefully, the hours he gets on the training ground, just put a bit of confidence into the players. Because when I saw them, they maybe lacked a bit of experience in the side, but they had some quality from there. And again, were you surprised that Peter Taylor went, John? Because he's only been there, what, since November, October, November? Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't. I mean, it, he, yeah, he hasn't been there long, but... I mean, there was all the all the stuff at the at the start before he got the job, where there was rumours that he didn't really like what he'd seen before them. Uh, anyway, it took a, it was quite protracted in getting the job in the first place, and ultimately it didn't really work out for them, did it? You know, they they're in a poor run of form, and and I don't know if the club could see how he was going to turn it round at, at this time. And and I think you know, same old faces like we say. I think. A, a fresh brush is, is what they need. And, you know, I really wish Warren well, and I'm glad he's got the job and he was really good to chat to and, and I enjoyed ch- talking to him. But I think if the Welling board had a time machine, would they be so hasty to get rid of Bradley Quinton? I don't think they would. And 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 I guess the problem that, that Welling have had is how difficult they, they found it to, to keep a, a consistent manager in the dugout. And, you know, they had Steve King a few seasons ago. We got them into the playoffs. Then he moved on. You know, and, and I just, I just think at the moment they need some stability. So, I guess if you look at the bigger picture, was Peter Taylor at nearly seventy the man for the long term? Whereas Warren Feeney, who's forty-one, could be there for for the foreseeable. And, and I, th- I think it's an exciting appointment, and it is definitely with one eye on the future. And, and it could be a brighter future at Welling because there's all sorts of rumours swirling about what's going to happen. Uh, in the coming months and everything there. But you just don't, you just need them. I mean, it's unthinkable to me that Welling would not be in the National League because they've always been a conference club in my eyes, normally a, a conference national club. So they've got to, they've got to stay up. And then I think, you know, in the summer, I think it might just, it might just really work out for them. But as I said earlier on, they've just got to do the job over the next nine games and stay up. Yeah, again, I feel for Peter Taylor, maybe that's the end of his managerial career. Um, but they've made that decision. Um, a bold statement. I, I wouldn't have thought 
Um, and many people thought that Warren Feeney would get it, but it shows there's, there's people out there, even though they've managed at Football League, even they've managed, about, you know, abroad, they were willing to take jobs. People will always take jobs. And I hope it works out for him because, Welling, we need, you know, we want to see the likes of Bath or Billericke going down, not Welling. This is the season with only one going down. You'll be absolutely distraught if you get relegated this season. And what could it do to a club's overall confidence if, if you're that club? Yeah, it would be a, a massive hit. And as you say, we really, really don't want Welling to go down. And, you know, yes, Warren Finney's gone and managed in Bogger. I'm pretty sure that we've never had anyone on the show before who's A, Northern Irish and B, managed in Bulgaria. So, uh, you know, that is a real first. And, and as I say, I think it's exciting, Matt. Maybe just to see what players he brings in. It must be the transfer deadline day, probably next Thursday, I expect. So he's probably got a week to bring players in. I don't know if he's got a, an open checkbook to do that. Maybe releasing the players they've got. Um, now, but if he, I don't know if he's actually seen Welling play before last night. How does he work? Would that release to the skipper, do you think it was... He didn't fancy him. I don't know if he played last night or or what, really. Interesting how it works in these sort of things. But um, I'm sure it will unravel over the next week when new players come in. Absolutely. And we will look forward to seeing how they get on. And, and huge good luck uh, to Warren in his first home game in charge against Chelmsford on Saturday. Um, we said it had the potential to be a big week in the National League South, and so it proved. Uh, Maidstone still level on points with Dorking on Tuesday night. The Stones had lost some ground as they were beaten 2-1 at Slough on Saturday, but they bounced back to overcome Dulwich Hamlet 2-0 on Tuesday. Uh, Dorking had won at the weekend and were 2-0 up early on against East Bombara, but the playoff chasing sports hit back to win that one 3-2 and keep the title race wide open. Dartford's still third, but it's very much as you were. As, like the two teams above them, they won one and lost one this week, losing 4-2 at Chippenham on Saturday, but then beating Chelmsford 2-1. There was also three points from six for Evsley, our sole winners on Saturday as they beat Oxford 3-1. But then they suffered a 1-0 defeat at Braintree on Tuesday, meaning they stayed 10 points behind the top two with 10 to play. And I think, Matt, I may, may be a bit being a bit premature, but I think I'm writing off Ebsfleet as title contenders now. Yeah, disappointing result. You know, at one point with... Dork, you know, strange how this league played. At one point yesterday, Dorking were tuning up, Maidstone were drawing, Dartford were drawing. You're thinking, oh, the league's gone again, but it's turning around so much. Ebsley can see the last-minute winner against Braintree. Again, a little bit of consistency there. I know, looking at the table, there's still a lot of these sides have got to play. I think Dorking are going to Ebsley next week. Maidstone and Dartford have got to play each other. So, be, so misses I think Ebsley have really got to go on a run. They've got to win five on the spin. But knowing this division, you probably can do that. It's had three on the spin again before that. So, yeah, I don't know if nerves are getting placed aside. Great result for Maystone. I'm led to believe it's one of their best performances of the season against Dulwich. So, Maystone are very, very good at home at the moment, aren't they? So, disappointing to lose away from home. Um, yeah, it's it's going to... Well, do I think it's going to go to the wire? I've got absolutely... It's a, it's a great, great league. Do you still think Dartford seven points behind? With a game in hand, they've got to win the game in hand. But again, then they beat Maidstone and they're back in it as well. So plenty more twists and turns. But a strange week with a lot of teams playing double games, but not picking up the maximum points. Yeah, I, th- I think Darford are still still just about in it. I say that game in hand uh, is massive. And they've just beaten Dorking, you know. And, and I think if... They're good at home uh, again, John. They don't lose home games, which is crucial at this time of the season. And I, th- and I just think that, you know, if they go on a run like they did at the start of the season, then there'll be no catching them. But they've got to, they can't afford to go to places like Chippenham and lose 4-2. And, and you know, that's the second or third kind of ropey away defeat they've had in recent weeks. Obviously, they got knocked out the trophy as well. And I, 
My only worry about Dartford is sometimes I think they go to away games and they lose a bit of discipline. Uh, uh, it happened in the FA Cup. I think it happened a little bit in the FA Trophy. Uh, and that could be the only thing that ultimately holds them back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, again, good at home. Steve King, his experience will count now. Um, he's been in this position before. Will he bring in more players for the end of the time? Interesting to see, but really interesting times. What I would have to say, John, I'm a bit concerned about the playoffs as well. Haven't seemed to be finding a little bit of form because I think they were them at the start of the season. Them and Dorking were probably favourites to win this division. Haven't running into form into the playoffs would be maybe a concern for some of our Kent sides. I know they might have to win away from home, but they've got some good players. They won 4-0 tonight against Hungerford. Um, that'll be a bit of a concern. We'll keep an eye out for them as well. But your Eastbourne boys, John, I thought after... That's a great result against Dorking. I thought they all... Um, didn't all the board resign? So I thought they had all sorts of problems, but... They, they did all resign, but then I think they all came back. So, oh, yeah. um, but I, I always say this. Every time I go and see Eastbourne, I just think there's something missing from them. Uh, I don't know what it is, but every time I see them, I just think that they're... There's something about them, and I just think they, there's a little bit more in the tank. But um, we shall see what happens. There were two draws for Tunbridge Angels this week. Firstly, nil-nil at home to Braintree, and then one-one at Concord Rangers on Tuesday. So at the bottom, we should just run through the table. I know we've kind of talked about it. But Billericay, 26 points from 30 games. Welling have got 27 from 31. Bath have 30 from 31. Angels also have 30 points, but have played two games fewer. Chelmsford have got 31 from 30. And then above them, we've got Concord, Braintree and Hampton and Richmond on 34, 35 and 36 points, respectively. Braintree's shown exactly what you've got to do. They've won three of their last five and, and they look at the moment like they're out of it. So anyone can put a run together. And, and I still think any of those teams I've just mentioned could find themselves in danger. Yeah, I suppose you look at that. If Welling can win, 40 games, if they can win three or four out of that, could be enough. But you've got to find final results and form from somewhere. Again, great league this year, National League South. Um, I don't know, with, with the only 21 teams, teams that there's not much difference. You know, anybody can beat anybody on their day if they perform to the capabilities. So, um, yeah, interesting league. I've got no idea where it's going. Probably by this time next month. After the, we'll probably find out. But it's looking good at the right end for at least, well, all our sides in the playoffs. Just hope some of them don't get sucked into the relegation. Yes, absolutely. Let's move on up to the National League. It's a mixed week for Bromley. Uh, on Saturday, they beat Solihull Moors to go into the semi-finals of the FA Trophy. On Monday, they picked out the best draw they could have for the one-legged last four clash at home to National League, League North York City. But on Tuesday, they lost 1-0 at Halifax and they now sit 10th in the table after five league games without a win. With two games in hand, their playoff hopes are still in their own hands, Matt. But they've got to reverse this little slump quickly, haven't they? And it's going to be tough for them because on Saturday, they've got informed Wrexham at home. Yeah, I didn't realise how much they dropped out when I looked at the league table. 10th place, um, tight division. Again, we know their quality they've got. They know they've brought in a few more players. Vennings, who I saw playing against Dover for all the shot. The midfielder who wanted time on the ball, um, he could cause problems. But they've got games in hand. Is the trophy becoming more of a priority now when you've got York as well? Um, yeah, it's, it's a big game against them, against Wrexham. Um, Wrexham, I don't, you know, need to be up there as well. Can they, probably, I think the league title has gone with Stockport running away with it. But it's a massive game. There'll be a big crowd there. But that's the kind of game that Bromley drive at. They get a result there. They could be back in the playoffs. And the promotion charges on again. Very, very exciting at the top end of the table in that division as well. So, Bromley, 
you look at it, they've got a decent budget. All trusting, they've got a de- clearly a decent manager. Maybe the, um, you know, everybody's not going to expect him to get in there. Maybe the experience they had last year in the playoffs when they lost to the eventual winners, Hartlepool, could work in a good stead. But uh, they've got a big few weeks ahead, Bromley. It looks like they'll be playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, the rest of the season. So maybe that can work in their favour rather than um, just get on the road and try and get some results. But probably can't afford too many more defeats to get... get... You'd rather have points on the board than games on hand, I'd say, at this time of the season. Yeah, I think so. Bromley then go to the Oval on Tuesday. It's also been announced this week that former Bromley chairman Jerry Dolk is to leave the club at the end of the season. He was chairman from 2001 until 2019. He's been director of football at the club since he handed over the reins to Robin Stanton-Greaves. And I don't think, Matt, there could be any more fitting finale for Jerry than another trip to Wembley, be it the, the FA Trophy final or the playoffs. Wouldn't that just be perfect? Yeah, I think that would be... He's an absolute legend of that ground. Um, you can see the outpouring of, of you know love from the Bromley fans of what he's done there. Great job getting them up from Ryman, probably South, South, up to the National League, getting them to Wembley, handed it over to Robin, who's clearly got more finances to help them push them to the next level, help build the new stand, help put the 3G in. So a real great servant for that club. And um, I'm sure he'll be welcomed back with open arms. I wonder where he'll turn up next, if he's still going to be involved in football. Yeah, I mean, you, you would imagine it would be hard for him to completely step away from football, uh, but you, you you just never know, do you? No, 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 you never know. But yeah, um, clearly, I think probably you know he's been there and not, not being the chairman, probably not making the decisions, a director of football um, role. I don't know how much he gets in with the signing of the players and things like that. But yeah, um, I, I think that he has been, you know, this, you know, for 18 years as chairman, taking Bromley where they are and where they are now, you know, complete, you know, really, really well-run club. He's got to take a lot of credit for that in those times. Because, they, you know, they had some bad times in those periods. You know, you always thought them as a, a Ryman League club, but now they're well ensconced as a top, as we see, a top 10 club in the National League. They certainly are. At the other end of the table, Dover also lost uh, Halifax at the weekend, uh, despite leading through Alfie Pavey. And Saturday could be the day. If the Whites fail to beat Yeovil, their relegation will be confirmed. Alternatively, and if you ask me, this would sum up their season perfectly. If they do beat the Glovers and then Aldershot also go and win, they will also go down. Matt, w- would you like to have win number two, but then the news come through that you've been relegated? I, I think that will be a nice sort of ending to it, that we won the game and got relegated at the time. I, I think even if, think if, um, if we don't win, we're down. If, even if we draw, we're down. But I think if we won and all the shot actually drew, we basically mathematically, because our goal difference is so bad, we would be down as well. So, and all the shot are playing Kings Lynn, who was bad as Dover, really. So, um, all the shot aren't much cop. So, um, yeah, I think it would be nice to win and have it um, confirmed that all the shot get enough points against that. But, and then we can move on. They've got a meeting next week, which I can't attend at Crabble, with um, Andy Hessenthaler and Jim Parmenter. So, um, That'll be interesting what, what they're going to say about that and where the club's going. So uh, I'll probably try and get some, well, next week's show, I'll speak to somebody who goes to that and see what would the uh, consensus is. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I did see when they announced that, some people asking 
uh, plenty of questions about it, but uh, I don't think any of those questions were, were maybe what they're expecting to hear. Uh, but we shall see how that goes. Anyway, from a team on the brink of relegation, let's move on to one who on course for promotion. Beckenham Town continuing to fly the flag for Kent at the top of the Combined Counties League Premier Division South. Currently sits second in the table. They're four points behind leaders Walton Hersham, but with three games in hand. Jersey Bulls are also in the mix. We're discussing them after what you're about to hear. Uh, it's still all very much to play for at the top of the table. Bex put down a real marker on Saturday with a 9-1 shellacking of bottom place Molsey, who are one of only two teams to have beaten them this season. After that fine win, it seemed the right time to get the Becks back on the show. So earlier this week, I spoke to their assistant coach, Phil Wilson. Yeah, yeah, we were really pleased with it. Um, I think it was, we've gone three up in about 10 minutes, I think. Um, and then it had that, so the start of the first half, obviously starting that well was really good. And then we had a little bit of a dip um, in the middle, I think, where it just, we were a little bit too comfortable. Um, so at half time, we were thinking it might have to, to kind of get everyone going again in the second half, but they did it themselves to be fair to them. And it was five by half time and they had a man set off. So second half, we were able to get all our subs on um, and they did work really well when they come on as well. Was there a sort of sense of uh, get being pleased to, to beat Molsey because obviously that they beat you and it was a bit of a shock result when they beat you early in the season? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's nothing, nothing against Molsey on the day. Um, I think we probably felt a little bit hard done by with the referee um, and going down to nine men and then we had a man simbin as well so we were eight men at one point during that game um, so it, it was always going to be a big ask against any team um, but we certainly obviously kind of wanted to avenge that and um, yeah we did very much so so no, it was a good, good day at the office on Saturday You scored seven a couple of weeks ago you've scored nine this week and I guess at the moment, with how tight it's looking at the top of the table, goal difference could be crucial come the end of the season. Yeah, I think um, in the last few weeks, we've, we've done ourselves no harm there. Um, I think we were looking at it, and Walton and Badshot were kind of runaway top scorers. Jersey are very tight at the back. And, um, and I mean, our defensive record has been really good throughout the season. Um, so it's been good to kind of get some of the high-scoring games in the last few weeks. Um, and a good good spread of the goals as well. Louis Thiersen-Appers is um, kind of getting himself back to match sharpness and is a real threat. Steve Townsend getting back on the score sheet. Um, and then the one we were really happy about on um, Saturday was young Freddie getting his hat-trick, um, first hat-trick in senior football. So I think he's had a few games recently where he'll be disappointed with, with some of his finishing because um, he's got some lovely build-up play in him. Um, and it was really nice for him to get those three goals. Uh, as wonderful as that is, I suppose that the, the former goalkeeper and you still thinking, or oh, would like some more clean sheets, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, uh, Saturday was, a, was was frustrating. It was it was a pen, definitely a penalty, um, and I think again it came at a point in the game. I think we were six 0 up at the time, um, and and they had, they had to be fair to them. They had a couple of. Um, good young players and, and one of their boys has gone through um, with some really good trickery and uh, Rob Carter's just dangled a leg and he's gone over the leg so it's, it was a little bit frustrating um, and the same with Guildford I say certainly for me it, it gets frustrating but I know for Bluey as well um, it, he was, was annoyed at Guildford um, 
when they scored at the end of the game um, and again Saturday it's, it is frustrating but at the same time you have to kind of look at the big picture and, and we've dominated games really well in the last few weeks and, and what's what's important is points on the board and, um, and increasing that goal difference which we've done it's so tight at the top of the table as well, isn't it? It, it almost looks like the top three of you have, have kind of broken away a little bit, but it, it, anything could happen, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, we drew with Badshot on Tuesday, um, and I, th- I thought they were one of, the, one of the better teams we played. I think um, they, they've got a very dangerous front line. Again, they've scored a lot of goals in this league. I think they had a little dip around Christmas at, Means a little bit off the pace, but um, I don't think there's much between them and, and um, the three of us as well. So um, I think if there was a slip up from any of us three, they, they'd definitely be there to jump in and, and try and sneak in as well. Obviously, I know what's looming large at the moment is is the stuff about this Jersey game, and, and there's a lot of whys and wherefores about it, which we don't necessarily need to get into, but it does put into perspective that the the sacrifices that part time footballers have to make, doesn't it? That's it. I mean, first and foremost, uh, I kind of want to make it very clear. We want to play. We're happy to go over there. Um, but uh, it is a big ask for, for players, I think. It's, we, we obviously have to take the day off um, on the on the actual day we play. Um, and then what's being proposed at the moment is we have to stay overnight on the island um, and then come back on Thursday morning. Um, and I think, obviously, by the time then we're in Heathrow, a lot of us are Kent-based anyway. So we've got to get around the M25. Um, yes, some people will be able to get to work and uh, direct from Heathrow, but we've got a lot of players who are builders and, and work in the trade. It's not feasible for them to take their tools to Jersey so then go straight to work on Thursday. Um, so, yeah, it'd be good. I mean, kick-off times are always negotiated. Um, when they come here, we're just looking for a time where we can fly out there and fly back on the same day. Um, but we, I mean, let's say we want to play them. It's going to be a, a huge game and, and probably have a huge impact on the league. Generally speaking, how have you found the Combined Counties League? Um, it's, it's been good. Obviously, it's nice kind of being in the position we're in. Uh, it's nice to go to some different places. Uh, I think... As you say, the top four, um, possibly, I think, Redhill might come into it uh, with Paul Barnes going there recently and, and Badshot as well. Um, it's quite competitive there. I, I think if, if I was to compare it to the scaffold, I think the, um, the kind of middle and the bottom teams in the scaffold are probably um, stronger than the teams in the combined counties league. Um, but it, it makes it that much more difficult at the top, I think, where you've got those teams who are kind of creating a, a separate league almost at the top uh, makes it a lot tighter. And, and I guess also it makes it difficult as well because th- th- there is pressure to win every game when you're not playing the team to the top. Absolutely, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, and as I say, frustratingly for us, our two slip-ups have, have come against Molesy in that game and then um, at the start of this year, um, our first game back after Christmas... Um, against Shearwater where I think we're just the lack of football um, we're not a young team so we kind of that momentum of games really helps us normally so we, I think we'd only played Glebe in December going into that Shearwater game um, and we were three down after about 15 minutes um, so you saw the impact of that uh, on us um, but yeah 
but every game is, is so important. You need to take the points off the top teams, which we, we have done um, well. Um, but we've got to make sure every game you can't really turn up um, with the wrong attitude, thinking you're going to walk into a game and, and win it comfortably, um, because that's where you will get caught out. And you personally, quite a young coach, you enjoying your time at Beckenham? I am, yeah. Um, it's actually in the third year there now, um, but obviously not had the luxury of finishing the last two seasons. Um, it's not something I was kind of thinking of doing, um, and it was when I was at Glebe and I was injured and uh, Amar Udin had, had just left and, and I kind of went in with Peter Sweeney, who's with me again at uh, Beckenham now, uh, with Bill and Jason. Um, and, and really enjoyed it. Um, sometimes there's, there's elements to it that I think I find more enjoyable than actually playing. Oh, that's fascinating because you're a, a bit of a legend at Dulwich Hamlet and you're obviously a very popular player. So what is it you enjoy more about the coaching side? Um, I'm not sure. I think probably by the end of it, just frustrating that you're not the player you once were. <laughs> um, and it's just kept, kept, me, kept me in football, I guess. But it's obviously it's... Uh, with, when you're playing, you turn up for training and, and the games, and, and yes, you're focused for those, but you're not having to kind of think constantly, whereas obviously this side, it, it, it is um, kind of on your mind all the time, and, and you will spend parts of your day thinking about what's coming up with football and needing to speak to players and, and whatnot, um, and, and obviously amongst the coaching staff as well, getting everything planned for, for the upcoming games and training. Uh, and just finally, obviously, we're, we're getting into the business end of the season. You say you've not had a full season at Beckham yet, but it's exciting times and, and thrilling to be involved at, at the very top. We've just got to get over the line now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, we were um, in that first COVID season. We'd got ourselves in a really good position in the scaffold, um, and, and we were we were bitterly disappointed that it ended the way it did. Um, and, and kind of there's still quite a lot of the squad from that team that are, are still um, around at the club. So it's been something that's been building for a while. And I think that's really built into the mentality this year that everyone wants to kind of make up for, for not being able to do it that year. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I've, I'd say as a, as a management team, we've got every faith in the squad we've got this year that we can get it over the line. I enjoyed that chat with Phil there, Matt, and I, and I think he spoke really well. Beckham doing well, and that 9-1 win at the weekend will only boost their confidence, won't it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, Phil, I remember when he used to play for Stevenage. He's been around. I, when you said he was ex-Dulwich, Hamlet, it, it sort of clicked who he was. Yeah, he, he was a very good talker, wasn't he? Not getting too carried away, but he knows what they're going to do. And interesting what he thinks about the quality of the division. You know, a good result against Molesy. Can't believe they lost to Molesy this season. Molesy... 110 goals they conceded so as he uh, said there though they did have two men sent off there I think and then another another one Sinbin so they were a bit shorthanded I think that was the one day it all went wrong for Beckenham this season yeah but clearly it went right at the weekend nine and again what he wanted to do is just tell the players not you know did well for the goal difference got them back up there but keep pushing it down keep going for it making the most of it in an interesting league which I've got the league table in front of us here John it's very lopsided against some side in there, isn't it? We've got numerous home games to come, which is a bit all the concern is all about. Yes, very much so. So if you aren't aware of this story, uh, it, it is doing the rounds at the moment. Beckenham uh, and another team were supposed to go out to Jersey uh, shortly before Christmas when everyone was frightened about the Omicron 
variants of COVID. Uh, and different restrictions were put in place. And um, I understand that Beckenham, Beckenham did say they couldn't travel to Jersey. There's no doubt about that. But they were left in quite a difficult situation, which uh, in terms of testing would, uh, would have cost them quite a bit of money, I think. Uh, and they could have sent the kids, which would have avoided some of that. But the integrity of this competition is, is, is such that they've got to make sure that they can do this the right way. And they want to send their best team out to play Jersey. Uh, the game has now been rearranged. I think it's supposed to be on the 6th of April, uh, something like that. Yeah, I think it's Wednesday, the 6th of April. Uh, but due to the way everything is, uh, if it's an evening kickoff, there's no way that Beckham can get home that evening. Uh, so they'll have to stay o- over, which is paid for by Jersey. But then they'll have to get back over to Heathrow on Thursday morning and then try and do whatever they can on the Thursday. And as Phil said there, that's two days off work for everybody. And and that's not fair. And I, I think the one thing for me that's standing out about this is that Jersey have moved several of their home games to play on the mainland uh, at the moment. Uh, not playing at Wickham, are they? Yes, they are playing at Wickham. Yeah, they're playing one at Wickham. Uh, I think they're playing one at three bridges. They're playing they're playing three anyway. Uh, so they've moved those three, but they're also not moving some others. Um, now, you have to bear in mind that the opening day of the season, Beckenham were at home to Jersey. Because of Jersey's travel commitments, that game kicked off at one o'clock. And now Jersey are refusing to do the same for Beckenham. And as Phil said there, before it even got the question out, he said, we want to play this game, but they want to play their, their full-strength team. It's it's arguably the two best teams in this league. And Beckenham are, are facing the prospects of having to go out there and play them without their best team because people won't be able to get the time off work. And that's wrong. You know, I've always been in favour of Guernsey and Jersey being in the in the pyramid. I think it's a really, really good thing. I think it's a great initiative. I think it's, you know, it's great to see the crowds that they get in. Uh, and I think it's a fantastic thing. But it's got to be fair. And I don't think that, that situation that is being inflicted on Beckenham is fair. I, I, I don't know, Matt. What do you think? Well, I would have thought that you're right. If they're playing certain games on the mainland at Wickham or whatever you were playing in there, why does that game have to... What, can they pick and choose who they play? Things? Do they sort of play, right, we're playing away at somewhere, so we'll stay a couple of days and then carry on there, or do they keep coming over again? So it does seem strange, and surely the league should have some sort of sway on this, because they've still got... How many games do you play in this league? How many teams in this league? 20. So you play 38 games, don't you? So basically, they've nearly finished their... 16. Must, they must clearly have about one... All their remaining games are going to be at home, or classed as home, so... It seems like surely the league should come into consideration and say, right, it's the big game. We want to play it on the mainland or agree with Beckenham, have a three o'clock kickoff or a Jersey ball saying, well, our players can't get the time off as well. Is that is that their argument? I don't know exactly what their argument is, but I think the argument is, well, this is I think it's something to do with all uh, we can't get the ground uh, during the day uh, and it will cost us more money if we have to have the game, if we have to have the ground during the day. But, you know, Beckenham are putting themselves out to go out there midweek, which yeah, they could have gone before Christmas, but they didn't want to play the kids. And, and the integrity of this competition is, is is the issue. And and I just get the feeling this is gonna this is gonna run and run. We've got another what three weeks until the game's due to be played. And I know Beckham unhappy, and and I completely understand it. I can see Jersey Ball's point of view as well. But it looks to me like they're they're trying to get one over their their title rivals, but by, by by doing what they're doing. Yeah, well, Beckham's point of view in those three weeks coming up on that, they've got to make sure. 
they're fully focused and win those games. So, you know, when, if they do have to go to Jersey Bulls at the moment, they're four points clear of them. But if Jersey Bulls do get the better of them, they're still in front of them. So, as he said, you've just got to keep, as Phil said in that interview, just keep right, just keep focused, do what you can do, beat what's in front of you. It doesn't matter if it's Molesy or it's Walton and Hersham in the games coming up. If you do that, they'll be up there. Again, are we thinking top two in this again, promoted? Probably it's going to be it's going to be close. I think it, with, with the what, points the per game, game not up, as good, is it? Probably not. It's not as good as as, as it is in the scaffold, but um, they are they, they they'll be there or thereabouts. But I think either of those teams, you'd probably back them in a playoff game anyway. The the, yeah. the way that they have been at the moment. Um, so we shall see how that goes. Also, you have got Walkman Hersham uh, in the picture there as well. And the another concerning thing, I suppose, for uh, for Beckenham is is what division they might be in next season because. While conventional wisdom says well, they should be in the Eastman League South East, every single thing I've seen has put them in the South Central, which would be more travelling for them, uh, putting them out on a limb again. And if Jersey went up with them in the same division as Jersey again, and we can probably ascertain they're not the best of friends at the moment. And, and, and I think it would be a real shame for Beckham if all the hard work they've put in to get promoted, they end up in, in a division where it's going to put, put them out again because... They want to be in the same division as Glebe. They want to be in the same division as all the as all their their rivals in Kent. They don't want to be playing teams, God knows where, do they? No. Well, we, well, if this is the craziness for it. Probably Jersey will get in the southeast division. And Beckenham will go in the central one if they've got any sense. But yeah, hopefully have some sense. But first of all, Beckenham do it on the pitch. Um, we've moved over. Interesting. I think it's a, a better, uh, you know, not a good standard as a scaffold, but they're doing their job. So. Just keep winning those matches. And with the experience of people like Phil behind them, I'm sure they'll have a good chance. But yeah, again, another interesting league, John. There's no boring leagues this year, is there? Well, I suppose you might be finding the National League boring, I don't know. I've forgotten about that, mate. That's, that's gone on gone now. So, but no, but all the other teams, a lot of teams got a lot of things to play for. And I, and, I, and I, you know what? I love a bit. There's a little bit of rivalry. We don't like them. We don't mean there. So it adds a little bit of spice as well as the season goes. So yeah, no, no love lost between some of these teams, which I think is great. Yeah, Beckenham was supposed to be playing Collierswood on Wednesday evening, but that was called off. Uh, so another midweek game for them to fit in. Uh, next up, they travel to Frimley Green on Saturday. So take your arrows with you, lads. <laughs> Staying at step five and Chatham and Sheppey moved a step closer to their own promotions after both won at the weekend, while Glebe slipped up again, meaning the two, top two are 14 points clear, having played two games more. Uh, their points per game is enough to ensure they will probably both go up. And my calculations suggest that 13 more points is all they need to secure their promotions. Uh, Chatham still on top on goal difference after they further boosted their goal difference as well by beating Crowborough 4-0 on Saturday, while Sheffield United were 2-0 and is at Bearstead. Glebe were held to a 1-1 draw at Canterbury on Saturday, while elsewhere Hollands and Blair beat Irith and Belvedere 2-1. Holmesdale were 1-0 winners at Punjab United. Gary Clark hit a hat-trick as Kennington won 5-1 at Tower Hamlets. Summer drives beat K-Sports 3-2 and Dealtown 1-0 winners at Wellingtown on Saturday. And then on Tuesday night, Glebe got back to winning ways as they won 4-0 at Tunbridge Wells, while Ben Brown grabbed a hat-trick as Hollands and Blair won at Lordswood and Kennington drew 3-3 with Fisher. At Glebe in Challenge Cup semi-final action on Saturday as they faced Crowborough, while in the league it's Bearsted against Lordswood, Irith Town host Deal, Canterbury travel to Fisher, Holmesdale host Hollands and Blair, K-Sports meet Punjab, Sheppey United at home to Wellingtown, and Tunbridge Wells host Chatham. Uh, then Sheppey play their Challenge Cup semi-final against Sutton Athletic on Tuesday when Glebe hosts Holmesdale in the league. Hollands and Blair are at home to Welling, Kennington meet Deal, and Tunbridge Wells continue to catch up on the home games, this time facing Tower Hamlets. 
into the first division quickly. Lidtown made it 15 goals conceded in their last three games as they shipped four more at Sutton Athletic. But they did at least come away with a point this time as the game ended 4-4. And your mate, Brad Baker, got a hat-trick, Matt. Yep. So bit, Sutton Athletic do the um, YouTube of their games. So all the goals. So my uh, my good mate, Rob, is his uncle, sent me a couple of videos of his goals. So a couple of them, he's all left foot, tidy finishes in the corner. But 25 goals, 25 games, he's having a really good season. So, And I have to say, a couple of his finishes were really, really good. So Lid, they do like conceding goals. So um, I'm sure that if you watch that video as well, I'll forward it to you. One of the um, best things is somebody does shout out when he's when I think he's when Bradley scores. Uh, he's not particularly happy with his teammates, and you can hear him shouting. But um, from that point of view, Sutton Athletic, they're a team as well. 86 goals scored, 53 conceded as well. So um, yeah, really pleased for, for for Bradley. He's doing really well in a lid team that has conceded 80. Um, but and they've only he scored you know he scored over half their goals this season as well. So. Key player, he went to deal, didn't really work out for him. Will somebody else be looking at him in this division or even the league above to give him another chance? It's as you were at the top with Stansfeld, also held on Saturday by Snodland Town before both Stansfeld and Sutton won on Tuesday night. Sutton now have 64 points from 30 games with Stansfeld on 63 from 28 with an eight-point gap back to Snodland in third. It looks like a two-way battle for the one automatic promotion berth with the other teams set to go into the playoffs. As we're a bit up against it time-wise this week, I won't run through the rest of the results and fixtures from Division 1. Instead, I'll tell you to go and check them out on the Southern Counties East League website. Up we go then to the division where Chatham and Sheppey hope to be next year. And our third and final interview of this week's show. Herne Bay are just outside the Ismail League Southeast playoff spots after their 2-0 win over Faversham on Saturday. It was just the tonic for Bay and their boss Ben Smith, who I spoke to on Wednesday, starting by talking about that win over Faversham. Yeah, I think that was probably uh, the best way of putting it. Got the job done. Um, they had a very unique uh, tactic on the day. Um, now, I, I know Chad quite well. Um, we were actually having a few conversations before the game, uh, and he said to to look out for something different from them. And yeah, it was uh, certainly quite a unique way of playing. Um, and uh, to be fair to them, um, you know, first half they done really well, um, but in the end, yeah, we we got the job done. We found a way to to get that all important first goal, and you know that that really sealed the three points. And it's funny because you play them again next week, don't you? I know it's. Uh, it's mad. We've had so many games called off against them um, this season for you know for pitch, for fog, for um, cup competitions taking priority, and uh, and then we plan twice in ten days. So yeah, uh, just adds to the uh, intrigue of the sort of remainder of the season. Really, how does it affect your planning when you've played them literally the week before? Because I guess he might obviously surprise you a little bit at the weekend, but how does it affect you when you go into the game next week? Well, to be honest, it, it's a completely different game anyway. Because if uh, if you've seen the pitch at Salters Lane this season, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's not really conducive uh, to playing any any football on it. So yeah, it's uh, it was always going to be a different way we would set up for the away game anyway. Um, and, and I guess yeah, it will be the same for them. They'll have a way of playing at home and a way of playing away. Because before that, you go to Lansing on Saturday and, and uh, I'm reading that there's also Cray Valley against Hayward's Heath, which may affect the rest of your season, but you've just got to go to Lansing and do the job, haven't you? Well, that's it. I said to the lads, it's in, you know, it's, uh, we're out of the playoffs at the minute. It's completely in our hands. Um, you know, if you, if, you, if you look at some of the fixtures that 
are coming up, um, you know, a lot of these sides have got to play each other. Um, you know, so, so yeah, obviously at the minute we are out of it. Um, but yeah, sides are going to drop points. It's just important we, we do our job and we capitalise. And looking at your fixtures, you've got to play Cray Valley, but apart from that, you've got teams that are at the other end of the table, which is its own different challenge, isn't it? No, definitely. Um, you know, I say on paper, we've probably got the easiest run it, running out of everyone. Um, but when you come to this stage of the season, you, you probably want to play the teams that are mid-table and, you know, nothing to play for, really, um, rather than, you know, uh, going to your Phoenix Sports and, and teams like that that, you know, fighting for their lives. It's the end of the weekend with the results. Exactly. And obviously you've got this thing with the Hayward Heath game. Is, it, is there any more on that? Because I read that you had accepted the charge then I saw you said last week that, that you, you intend to appeal it. Well, um, the, the plan was to appeal it, um, but we've looked at historic cases, um, you know, and I think it's quite uh, a well-known fact you, you struggle to win any appeal with, with the powers that be. Um, because uh, people don't like accepting, um, accepting, you know, that maybe decisions were were harsh or that were that were wrong, um, you know. And I just think at this stage of the season, do we really need a lengthy process waiting to hear? And you know, um, you know, financially, you're probably looking at around two thousand pounds for an appeal, and and that's if you win it. Uh, if you lose it, you're putting a bit more on that as well. So financially, was it was it right to do that? And you know, take money out of the club for that. I mean, it's just it's it's a shambles from start to finish. But you know, we, we've seen decisions made by the league over the last eighteen months. Um, you know, hasty decisions and decisions may be made, um, but the, when then they should have waited. Um, you know, and, and this is just another it's a farce. To be honest with you, but there we are. That's the league we're playing. They're the people that, that run our league, and we just have to bite our tongue and get on with it. Uh, and I suppose it makes it even worse that the the team that that game was against is is one of your direct rivals for, for a playoff spot. But that 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 probably contributes to the decision that was made. Um, the, the the league had so many options for that, and you know they've had it with COVID. They've had teams not play games through COVID when you sh- like when they should have played because they had a certain amount of players available. Um, I mean, whether I agree with those rules or not is 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 a, is a separate issue. Um, because you can have, have injuries within that as well, which they didn't account for. But um, yeah, like I just think they've they've, they've looked at it and seen what's going to hurt us the most. Because I don't think, particularly think they like us as a club, um, you know. And and uh, and they've they've done that, which again is poor in in a sense that if I'm a, if I'm another side around it, why should a team just be awarded three points for forty five minutes of football? Yes, they were one new up. They scored them stroke of our time. They won new up. And to be fair to them, you know, I said this at the time, they played better than us. Um, but if I didn't think my team could win with 45 minutes left in the game um, and a half-time team talk, etc., to regroup, I don't think they could win. There's no point in me doing a job. Um, you know, I, I just find it, I find it outrageous. Um, and we've seen it over the years when games have been abandoned through flood, flood like failure and things like that, when teams are like three or four new up with 10 minutes to go. The FA have always made them replay the game. There's no just, oh, yeah, you were winning, so we give you the points. Never happens. Uh, I just, <laughs> I think they set a dangerous precedent. I really do. 
away from that, we were just saying before we started recording, this is the first time I spoke to you since the start of the season. It, it, it's gone quite well, hasn't it? I suppose if, if I'd said to you when we spoke back in August, in March, you'd be just outside the playoff places with a game in hand that would take you into the playoff places, you'd have been happy with that, wouldn't you? Uh, no, because <laughs> obviously I don't think any of the other teams around us would, because you know, surely we set out at the start of the season, you, you want to win the league. Um, you know, and, and I've always said it, you know, I've said it and I've wound a few people up by saying it um, when we were playing Whitstable in, you know, some big games. Um, I'm like, well, they're not our main rivals because in surely the, the teams that are above us have got to be our main rivals because we, we, we want to chase them down. Um, and that's that's really, from the outset, that's what we've, we've tried to do. We try to just think, right, whoever's top or that's our aim and whoever's top, that's, that's our, they're our closest rivals. We want to, you know, try and catch catch on to them you know and uh, and compete with them so we've set our set our stall high um, we're in a good position um, you know if we look at it from you know look at it from the bigger picture yeah we're in a great position um, you know it's in our hands and you know I've said to the players you know you, you don't it doesn't get unless you're Hastings and you, you're running away with it which they now are um, it doesn't get better than having it in your own hands um, you want to control your destiny. You, you don't want to be looking over your shoulder, hoping teams you know, slip up, etc. It's about us now going and winning eight games, um, which we're more than capable of doing. Uh, and with the players that you've got, I look, look at your squad, you've got so much uh, attacking talent in there as well. You, you've got to be confident going into every game that you can score more than the opposition. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, our, our Achilles heel this year has been against uh, the top six sides. Um, and I think a lot of that is mentality. Um in those big games, we've we've lacked we've lacked a little bit of leadership and experience. Which, if you look at you know, you take the Hastings for example, um, they've got experience littered throughout the side that in the big moments can you know can have that composure that, that they need both on the ball and off the ball. Um, you know, and we've not really had that. But what we do have is we have a side that are very dangerous. Um, you know. If we can put it, if we can put our game out on the on the pitch against one of those sides, if we do get to playoffs, you know, I don't think we're going to be a team that people want to play. Um, you know, which is obviously contrary to our form against the top six sides. You know, I don't think we're far away from from really uh, really putting in a decent performance in one of those games. Very straight talking as always, Ben, and, and I enjoyed catching up with him. I can't believe that's only his second appearance for the season, Matt. But have um, been in a good position now? They've got to put everything else behind them now and, and just focus on the running, haven't they? Well, as you said, they seem to think on paper they've got the best running as well. So, uh, from that, again, experiences, sixth place currently in the division. Um, top five of playoffs in this one. So, games in hand. You'd have thought the league's gone. Still quite tight in there, but they, again, they had a bit of a blip the previous week. But he, he's pretty confident. The players they've got, you, know, you look at the players that you mentioned before, the the answers of this world, they've got firepower in this division. Well, he's only sort of scored 48 goals, but yeah, interesting times ahead. And he's confident that their form, which he admits was quite interesting against the top six, hasn't been as good as it should be, will come good. And what a good time to come good with the remaining games of the season and with the playoffs coming up as well, which hopefully they've got a chance of getting in. The results especially Ramsgate losing, it's probably gone in their favour as well recently. Yeah, and I think, as he kind of said there, you know, with, with the attacking talent that he's got at his disposal, Zach Hanser, Rory Smith, Aaron Milbank, any of those three, I think, would, would be an asset to any team in that division. They've got all three of them. 
And I think if they do go into the playoffs, they've got nothing to fear against anybody else. And I can guarantee you, talk about a bit of needle. They want to play Hayward's Heath if they get them in, if they get the chance in the playoffs, won't they? After what's gone on there, and, and he, he, you could sense his frustration with that. But you have to see the bigger picture sometimes. Uh, and in this case, he says these things don't get overturned. We don't want to be spending out all the money on it, but we do feel like we've been hard done by. It. And having spoken to him and got the full SP on it afterwards. I think they've been hard done by. I think most people think they've been hard done by. Um, but but that's just the way of the world. And, and the Eastman League love them. They're not the best at making decisions. I, I was talking to him about the, the great playoff farce of 2015 when uh, Margate had to delay their playoff game for a fortnight because they couldn't decide what to do about an ineligible player in the Eastman League. Uh, and I just feel that it's, it's so disappointing. And if Herne Bay were to miss out on the basis of that, that would be an absolute gut wrench, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think his point made that, you know, he said if a game calls off a floodlight or fog and somebody's winning with 15 minutes to go, you will have to replay the game. So I don't know the whys and whereabouts of the decision making, but it does seem an absolute strange one. Um, there's plenty of games midweeks for the season, so there's no reason why you can't fit it in. And with games being called off, as he said about COVID, you can really understand his frustration there. I think my frustration from what he came out of there is, is the cost of appealing and all things like this. You know, you've put your point down to the league. It shouldn't come down to a matter of cost, that it's not beneficial cost-wise at this time of the season for a club to do it. £2,000, as you mentioned, is a lot of money for any football club at Herne Bay. So I think, again, this one will never, probably never come out unless you speak to the people close at Herne Bay. But I think he, I can feel justified why he's a little bit angry in this and hopefully they can use that anger for the final work month or so of the season and yes wouldn't it be interesting if they did get through to the playoffs and they played Hayward Teeth oh, I do like Ben because he, he doesn't mince his words does he I, I liked it when I said to him you'd have taken you know six what are you on now no I wanted to win it and and, and I like that attitude in, in a manager and, and and I think he's the sort of person who you know again he's done such a good job in all the time we've been doing this podcast he's been a manager who's had teams near the top of the table uh, got to the FA Vars semis with Canterbury uh, and, and has done well at Herne Bay in, in amongst all the Covid stuff and you know he he's the, the, the sort of man who's, who's going to get a club going in the right direction isn't he? Yeah Herne Bay you probably say from all the time I've Herne Bay are probably the highest position you wouldn't class them think of them as a Ryman Premier League club or an Ismian Premier League club Going in the right direction, if they could do that, would be an absolutely fantastic achievement. And he had a little bit of dig about Whitstable, didn't he, as well? Struggling at the wrong end of the table, a bit of rivalry between the two clubs, saying they're not rivals, it's the teams around them. So, um, yeah, he ruffles a bit, a few feathers, but I think um, perfect job. And, you know, I think he's respected as well through this league. When you speak to other managers, he's got there's a lot of respect for him out there. And, you know, I, I feel for them about the decision with Hayward Teeth. I just hope that for their advantage they can go on. But look at, look, look at their fixtures, yeah. Few Kent Derby's in there as you would do in this division, but as he said on paper, they've got a, a semi-easy running. If they can do that, they can get in those playoffs. But hopefully not at the expense of Cray Valley, who are having a bit of a wobble. Yeah, they are elsewhere in the Eastman League. Only one game on Tuesday night, but what a result it was uh, for Corinthian as they beat Ramsgate 3-1 at Southwood, moved them up to tenth in the table, the hoops, uh, and to do the double over a team like Ramsgate. That is an excellent achievement for, for Corinthian, isn't it? Well, a guy at work, Ramsgate give a lot of free tickets out. And there's a guy at work who's been taking his family going. And I spoke to him. Um, he's not really a football fan, but he's got into it. He listens to the pod occasionally as well. 
And uh, he said that they c- c- really deserve to win, Corinthian. Lot stronger, lot better team than Ramsgate. So he saw that. So it was a good result. Ramsgate could have gone second in the division, um, building a bit of momentum, but a fantastic result for Corinthian. And there's no reason why they could be in their top 10 now. Can they get top eight? Um, but I'm sure Michael Golding was absolutely delighted with that because Ramsgate got a big squad, a lot of players there. Um, confident they can play a higher level with the, what's going on there. But it's a really good result for Corinthian. And I think there was, a, they called scenes from the Corinthian players at final whistle, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and I say that, I, I'm, I was going to say I'm saying this with gritted teeth, but, you know, I got on really well with Michael and, and I'm so pleased for him. And, and he is doing a fantastic job there because he's brought up the same players who he had at the, at the start of the season. He's had players go. He's had he's had a few changes to deal with in his squad. You know, it, he's got the spine of his team is is still the same. But as always, for Corinthian with their budgetary issues, they don't play their players. It is all about having that striker, someone to stick the ball in the back of the net. And, and you know, that's what they they do struggle with. But they seem to at the moment they just they've just clicked and and they're in they're in really really great form and. and I couldn't be happier. You know, I've been to a few Corinthian games and, and, and I get on really well with all the people there. They're nice club. You went there early in the season. Yeah, really and good, they looked good. after you, didn't they? Yeah, they did really good. So, um, again, they've got some decent, you know, look at the fixtures again on paper. Um, they can, you know, there's no reason why they can't get top eight and then build for next season where they want to be. So, they, they've got into the habit of winning football matches and as we said, I think we had him on the show before, they're getting used to this league now and probably one of the teams that Probably doesn't want the season to end. I expect in the form they're in at the moment, John. You only got seven games to go, but they carry on that form. That you know, you don't, you know, he thinks, oh, carry on playing another month of the season. We could have got in the playoffs. So yeah, really, really pleased for them there. Um, and, and I think some of the again, some of the players, if they're doing a job, other clubs will look at them. Will they be able to keep them, or will they let them go? It'd be interesting to see. But it keeps the the, the majority of that squad together. They can be a ch- challenger next season. No, they know this level. Yeah, that's a big thing. It was a learning curve for them at the start of the season. And I always remember he said this to me off the record and he said it to me on the record. They came up with the attitude of a scaffold team. But, you know, and, and they had a reputation in the scaffold. But now they're making friends at, at step four. And I think people like going to play there. And I think people enjoy welcoming welcoming them there. And, and they're doing fantastically well. So well done to Michael uh, and everybody there. On Saturday, the chances of Kent side catching Hastings at the top took a massive hit as Ashford lost 2-0 at home to Phoenix Sports, uh, while Cray Valley were beaten 2-1 at home by the leaders, who are now 10 points clear with just seven games to play. Uh, elsewhere, Whitswell drew 0-0 at Burgess Hill. Seven Oaks lost 1-0 at Chichester, meaning that, fi- that Phoenix win has closed the gap right up to Harry Hudson's side. Corinthian beat East Grinstead 3-1. We've heard about Herne Bay's 2-0 win over Faversham. Hyde beaten 1-0 by Hayward Teeth. Ramsgate beat Lansing 4-0. Sittingbourne grabbed a late leveller to earn a point at Three Bridges. And there were three goals in the last five minutes as VCD lost 3-2 at home to Whitehawk. Uh, This weekend, Corinthian will look to continue their good form as they go to Faversham. Uh, Hayward Teeth against Cray Valley. A big game that for Cray Valley, who aren't in the best of form at the moment and and against a, a rival for the playoff spots, uh, that could be a big one for them. Uh, it's Herm Bay against Lansing, as we heard from Ben Smith earlier on. Phoenix Sports are home to Chichester City. Uh, Seven Oaks take on VCD. Sittingbourne are at home to Ashford. Ramsgate go to Whitehawk, and it's Whitstable against Hyde. And then in the Southeast Division, just the one game uh, next week, which we've already talked about uh, on Tuesday night, is Faversham Town against Herm Bay. So a ch- chance for revenge 
very quickly uh, for James Collins Wichita over Wichita have got to win that, haven't they? You would think so, yeah. Because it, again, it's about it's like we said earlier on, bringing down someone else, isn't exactly, it? You know, yeah. bringing another team into the picture. Because got, you know, they've got if they win that, win the game in hand. I know they haven't won any, won any games this season, but then brings Hyde right into it. So that's the pick of the games this week, I think, and also the Cray Valley against Haywards Heath one. Come on, Cray! Um, just a bit of a bit of a bit of a worry. I'm sure Kevin Watson will have a, um getting into his players and important there. Big win there and Herne Bay win. We'll. Uh, get those playoffs places sorted for our Kent sides. Yes, into the Eastman League Premier Division, where on Saturday, uh, lots of goals uh, flying around uh, in that division. I did write on Twitter how many goals there were, but there were quite a few. Uh, but Cray Wanderers were 3-2 winners at Brogner Regis, a big result in their uh, battle to get out of the bottom there. Uh, folks and Victor also 3-2 winners in their game at Bowers and Pitsy. Uh, so that was a big one for them. But Margate were beaten for the first time uh, in quite a while as they lost 2-0 at Worthing. And it got a little bit worse for Margate as well in midweek as they lost at Potter's Bar as well. So back-to-back defeats for them. Uh, folks, and also in action on Tuesday night, they drew 2-2 with Brightling Sea Regent. So uh, still a little bit of work to do for folks and if they're going to guarantee their place in the playoffs come the end of the season. This weekend uh, on Saturday, just the two games for our teams, folks and Victor at home to Chessant uh, and Margate take on Harangay Borough before on Sunday, Cray Wanderers are at home to Bowers and Pitsy. Uh, Margate have their uh, semi-final, but both teams have their semi-finals of the Velocity Trophy next week. Uh, I I believe Margate's isn't actually on the li- on the list in front of me, but they were supposed to be playing Lewis in the league, and that's been moved uh, because of it. I think we don't know who their opponents are. That's why it's not listed as yet. But Folkestone will be at Horsham in theirs. And I did say this on Twitter last week: the Velocity Cup. Uh, there is a possibility of an All Kent final, Margate against Folkestone and Victor. If both win their semi-finals, that final will be played at Averley. Can they move that? Well, it's always played there, apparently. So they're going to make two teams from East Kent travel midweek to go and play a game in Essex. Well, I'm hoping that somebody has some sense there. But I mean, Dartford have played. I've listened to Dartford before. Again, that's been it. Clearly, I don't run Dover Athletic, but surely somebody should be thinking if they get both get to the final, which I hope they will, clearly, surely, clearly, Crabble should be the, the place to play it, isn't it? You'd think so, but, you know, who who, who knows? It must be a jolly Avely if they're doing this. I think I've been past Avely's guys. Is that a new ground? It is Avely, isn't it? It's like in the middle of nowhere. I'm sure I've driven past it. But, yeah, hopefully they'll have some sense because... It's not fair on the fans. It's not fair on the no. clubs as far the, as, as far as I'm concerned. No, no, absolutely. So, yeah, well, we've got to get there first. Horsham, what? Horsham are not bad, yeah. Horsham are not they? Yeah, well, you think folks can beat Horsham? Was it Carl Shorten, Mark? Margate beat Carl Shorten, didn't they? Yeah, it's, it, the, the, the game was being played this week at some point. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure who it was or when it was. Um, it's In fact, it's tomorrow night, uh, oh, Thursday. Right. Harringay Borough against Chessunt. So one of those two will be playing uh, Margate in the semis. Fingers crossed. Yeah, well, Margate, yeah, I think Margate's playoffs hope have gone, haven't they? So uh, all concentrating on the league and, well, in the Cups for both in the Kent senior and the velocity trophy wow what a life anyway that's it for the football chat on this week's show uh, anything else you want to talk about quickly because it is your bedtime now uh, uh no really no well, well i've been watching anything on the telly what's about watching me fraser uh no nothing's nothing really exciting i'll be i went to um margate the weekend because they've got they're filming a film down there 
Oh, yes, with Olivia Coleman. Yeah, I've heard yes. about it. So, yes, we had a look at the sort of, you could wander around and you could see, um, I'm not an expert on things, but they've got, they've turned into a cinema, the, the, the um, main seafront, but they've also, just two doors down, they've got exactly the same setup, but just at a little different angle. And I'm not, and I wanted to know if there's any film experts, why are they doing that? It's exactly the same. Like, you know, you have the, across the top, you have the, when you go to the cinema, it says what it is, like it's the Blues Brothers there. But then two doors down, it's exactly the same building, but you only have the S, then the Brothers. So I don't know any experts on the filming industry, why they've done that. Because surely these days you can do it at a different angle. But no, we didn't see Olivia Coleman. Apparently she's there next week or something. So. Oh, I should like missing her like that, eh? But it was quite, but it was quite, um, it, looked, it looks quite good down there. And the good thing about that, they had these really nice lights up for it. And, and the film company have given them to the pe- like people of Margate. So if you ever go to Margate again, you'll see some really lovely lights down there. So that was it. That was the highlights. We didn't have football. We went to Margate, uh, had a wander around, yes, on the seafront with a dog. Um, yeah, very nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah, it's, Margate is quite, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, when it's a lovely day, it's lovely down there. So Yeah, same here, actually. And, you know, the weather's been okay the last yeah. couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, nothing much exciting going on here, to be honest. Uh, Are you busy? Clients yeah, are? weekends are busy. Yeah, midweeks are still a little bit quieter. And I've got uh, the other job on the go as well. So, yeah, it's been a bit non-stop uh, the last couple of weeks. Are, but, are yeah, you we're... The, uh, you, the final, the playoffs next week. Yeah, I'm doing, yeah, I'm working Tuesday, Thursday next week. So, guess what day we're doing the podcast? Wednesday. Am I Very good. What am I doing? What's Wednesday? Uh, I think it might I'm be out, women's. I'm out, I'm out Tuesday anyway, because I, 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 I can't go to the day. It might be women's on Thursday. So, is it, you know. is it Tuesday? Is it playoffs next Tuesday, is it? Uh, actually, no, the playoffs are next Thursday. So, yeah. I've got something on Tuesday, and then the playoffs are on Thursday, I think. So, we shall see how it goes. Yeah, but so you not watching anything on the telly? Uh, what have we been watching? We watched that Four Lives a few weeks ago. That was quite good. Um, but no, Drive to Survive, obviously I watched that on Netflix and the Formula One does start yeah. again this weekend. I probably will watch it even after the absolute mess of last season. But um, yeah, no, not too much going on, um, thankfully. So no, it's just been a, a busy week. We've had plenty going on here and uh, yeah, just cracking on, you know. Now I've got a podcast. I, I no. should definitely, be, I, I, I won't be able to. No, you've got to go to bed. Anyway. I've got to go to bed. Yeah, so, yeah, lovely, lovely uh, speaking to you. Yes, um, well, you can find us on week. Twitter. You can yeah, find us on Twitter yeah. at Kent NL Podcast. They've sorted out their stupid update, thankfully, so that's quite good. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as well. Search for Kent Only Podcast. Uh, I'm at John Pips 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, so do get in touch with us. As, as I say, we both always <laughs> like to hear from any of you uh, about everything that's going on uh, at your clubs. And, and you know, it's, it's a great source. Thanks to all of our guests uh, this week. Thanks to Matt for staying up past his bedtime. And most importantly, thank you to everybody for listening. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Ken Only podcast. Yeah, yeah. I've, I think 11 o'clock is the new 8 o'clock, mate. I'm going to have another pint, really, and be a real rebel. See you later.